0: Hi friend, it's 2020, and let's be real. If you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and sometimes overwhelming. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, and truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed two years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement in the midst of living, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm excited you're listening today. We are starting out the 2020 Clarity Series, and this month, we're talking about living an encouraged life in the midst of, well, reality, So if you are curious about the series and would like to know more, you can check out January's intro episode or visit my website at www.janellewood.com where you can sign up to receive the Clarity 2020 printable and the monthly reflective sheets with questions that go along with this series. So friend, Clarity is all about distinguishing what is genuine from what is counterfeit. It's about finding something real. So for 2020, I wanted to talk about finding something real when it comes to some specific issues that I sometimes struggle with, thinking maybe they're issues that might resonate with you too. So January is all about living encouraged, because how do you find encouragement when life is full of detours, distractions, and road bumps? It's hard. (laughs) And if you're anything like me, you might struggle with discouragement especially during this time of year when we sometimes have great expectations that don't always go the way we plan. So today, I am very excited to welcome the first guest of 2020. I've known this amazing young woman for over six years. She loves reading books, coffee shops, and psychology. She is also a kid whisperer and baker extraordinaire, and my kids love her and her family like crazy. I love them too. I'm continually amazed by her vulnerable heart for God who she is and her commitment to serve him with her life. Please welcome my sweet friend and college student Nicole Douglas. Nicole, welcome. Hi. Thank you. <clears throat> <laughs> Thank you for being on the Finding Something Real podcast.
1: I'm excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and your faith journey?
1: Um there's a lot there. So most of my faith journey has been struggles through uh, feeling inadequate. I was never a good enough cr- Christian to myself. Um, I never had a strong enough faith. I just couldn't be enough for myself. And it took about seven years of very serious um, suicidal ideation and depression um, for God to kind of hit me over the head and tell me. You're trying to be perfect, and that's not something that you can ever be. Mm. I grew up a Christian, and I grew up knowing his truths, and I grew up holding myself to a standard of what I saw that I could never realistically achieve on my own, which is what I was trying to do. And God spoke to me with a verse when I was planning my suicide, and it's been an uphill battle ever since, but it's been actually now two years since the last time I considered suicide.
0: Hmm. Wow. (laughs) So you said you grew up a Christian. Mm -hmm. Did people around you know that you were so like feeling inadequate and feeling like you weren't enough?
1: No. And actually, in fact, when I started telling people about my struggles and being more open about what I'd been through and what I'd been feeling and thinking the first response that I always got from people but you always seem so happy you always seem have so much joy in you and um, I was a very good liar in that sense and I put up this farce of being okay because that's what I thought I needed to be mm. is okay for everybody else
0: where did that That feeling of not being enough come from, do you think? What was it? You said you grew up in a Christian family. Mm -hmm. Where where did those feelings of I have to be perfect come from?
1: I think it was a lot from myself. I set standards for myself. I looked at other people and thought I needed to be like that. I had this image of a cool, confident, strong person who never messed up. And that was the biggest catch, is I didn't want to mess up. I was so afraid of making mistakes, of falling short of who I thought I needed to be, of who I thought other people felt that I needed to be. It was. It came from comparison.
0: Hmm.
1: One of the things that I've said, probably posted on social media, <laughs> um, comparison is the killer of contentment.
0: Wow. Well, so... Inside, even though you had this outward appearance of joy and like you had it together inside, that's not really what was going on.
1: No. And I would convince myself that I was okay. Mm. And I'd get in arguments about myself, um, with myself about what I was feeling. And it would be, well, you're not depressed because you have no reason to be mm you're, you're, you're fine. You have a perfect life. You've got nothing to be worried about, which was totally untrue and definitely lies of the enemy. Mm I was just really good at putting up a farce. Yeah. (laughs) it really started in middle school. I remember texting one of my friends, really struggling. And I said, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I stand for. I don't know I don't know who I am. And it was just a feeling of inadequacy because I didn't know who I was in comparison to the person I wanted to be.
0: Mm -hmm. Who was the person that you wanted to be in your mind? Who was it that you wanted to be?
1: Perfect big sister, confident, beautiful, smart, funny. Um, I grew up homeschooled. And I was very socially awkward and I had a really hard time interacting with my peers and ended up just me wanting to be like my peers, being able to interact with my peers and be this cool person who didn't have any worries or feelings, basically.
0: Hmm. So how did all that affect your relationship with God?
1: I was so confused and so lost because I kept thinking, you know, here I am. I know God's truths. I've learned and memorized his word from being a cubby in a wana, which is like four years old, to, you know, high school when this really all started catching up with me. I knew the truths and I knew, you know, the verses that say he knows the hairs on my head. He knit me from my mother's womb. But there was a part that I didn't believe. And I remember having conversations with God. You messed up. What did you do wrong? What is wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? And eventually it became, what am I doing wrong? Because I am i must be doing something to make God angry at me or I'm not completely following him I'm not perfectly following him because I'm suffering so much what am I doing wrong that is causing this and it was really just feelings of inadequacy and not accepting that it's okay for me to be imperfect (laughs) yeah
0: I think you've touched on something, your story, it resonates with me. Some of the things that I've struggled with throughout my life, and especially as a young woman, um, and I'm sure it's resonating with somebody listening. So the big question, what changed?
1: Second Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. But then he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore. I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. So for the sake of Christ, then, I'm content in my weaknesses, hardships, persecution, failures, and calamities. Because when I am weak, he is strong. Hmm. I was planning on killing myself. And... I don't know how I found the verse, and I know it was a God. Um, I found it, and I read it, and it was like this wave washed over me, and it hit me that I had been trying to be perfect. I hadn't been allowing myself to be simply human. Mm -hmm. And from then on, I was able to look at my failures, my um, hardships, whatever. Was seemingly wrong with me, and know that it was just me being human, and that especially in my weakness, that's when God is strongest. And it helped me rely on Him and know that through it all, I don't have to be anything less than the imperfect human that I am, because I am nothing less than loved by a perfect God.
0: Um so what advice would you give to that younger version of yourself the middle school Nicole who didn't know who she was what kind of encouragement could you give her
1: One of the things that I will say to my sisters and their friends and that I wish I would have known is you're going to mess up <laughs> You're going to make mistakes you're going to do that stupid thing that you shouldn't do. You're going to have regrets. You're going to make mistakes and that's okay. You are perfectly imperfect. We are saved by grace through faith. Lord knows it's not by our own works. It is by the grace of God that we have redemption through him.
0: How do you stop the comparison game, especially as a teenager or as a young adult where there's comparison traps all over the place?
1: That's really hard. I mean, that's something that I still struggle with. And in fact, I've, I've been currently struggling with falling back in the cycle of comparison and feelings of inadequacy and self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that you have to practice. It's a lifelong battle because as you said, we are constantly surrounded by situations and people that we compare ourselves to and uh, social media i'm on it all the time so i'm not condemning it necessarily but it's a wonderful way to get caught in a cycle of self-doubt just feelings of inadequacy and comparisons like i said comparison is the killer of contentment
0: i'd love to know what you might say to the nicole who was contemplating suicide like in in all of that like That's such a, um, you know, especially right now, it's such a trigger in our society. Clearly, suicide rates are on the rise and um, more and more young Uh people are resorting to that. Um, How, first of all, the first question is, what would you say to that girl who is in the depths of despair? And then also, what would you say to the friend of that girl who wants to encourage them but doesn't know how?
1: For the girl who's thinking about it. It's the cliche that you always hear. And being that person, you hated hearing it because it didn't feel real. It didn't feel possible. But it gets better. Mm. And I don't mean the situation that you're in. The situation that you're in may not change. You learn how to deal with it better. And it gets easier and you become stronger. There's a verse in Job, and I can't remember where it's found, but it goes, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Right now is a situation in which you are being tested. And it's hard. It's so hard. And I promise you, there are a community of believers, Mm -hmm. of people that have gone through and are going through the same situation that you are. And it is so hard, but you are not alone and it does get better. Hmm. It's something that I heard all the time and I never believed it because it didn't, it didn't seem possible. And for the friend love them, let them know that you love them. They may say things that hurt you because they're hurting and they don't know how to deal with it. They may try to push you away and tell you that you're not needed, that they're better off alone. That is a lie. Even if you invite them to whatever thing that you're going to do, like going to the mall, just going to the store, let them know that you want their presence. Let them know that they're loved send them random messages. Hey, you're a great person. Love you lots. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. Reach out and be there because that's the best thing that you can do for them in that situation.
0: You mentioned earlier that you knew, you knew the truth, but you didn't believe them. So, mm-hmm. and, and yet at that time, when you were in the darkest point, of your life at that point, you, you read that verse and you believed it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What, what was that change? Because I think there's a lot of people who know, right? Like what you're talking about, like they've grown up knowing or they've heard that God loves them, that they have a purpose, that he has a plan for their life. And it starts to feel kind of cliche because if you've heard it a lot, you know, you just want in one ear out the other. What is that turning? Was it a moment where God just opened your eyes? What was the big difference between all the times you'd heard it before and the time you heard it for the very first time?
1: I wanted to find it. Hmm. I was obviously hopeless um, and I was searching and it was a heart change. It was me looking. For it instead of somebody telling me who I assumed had probably never ever felt what I had been feeling. It was first off, I'm it was God, 100% just God instituting a heart change in me. But then also, it was that I had hit rock bottom to the point where I didn't want to live and had found it myself.
0: So some people listening may not feel like they have the resources or the friends or um, the ability right now to believe for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that you are a psychology major, am I right? (laughs) Yes. So how do you feel about professional help? (laughs) What advice could you give to somebody who might need some?
1: Please, please, please. Even if you think oh, yeah, you know, going and talking to a counselor might be nice, but I don't think I really need it. Just go. (laughs) Talk to somebody. Even just for a couple of sessions. It's so important. And that's coming from somebody who loves studying psychology and who was studying psychology while going to counseling was also ashamed of the fact that they were going to counseling because <laughs>
0: they
1: keep up that farce that I was mm. perfect. There are a lot of things that you can find about counseling and I could go off. Uh, I could go on a lot longer rant about that and making sure you find the right counselor and, but seek it. If you need help, get it. Even if you don't mm. think you need help, but it's something that's been nagging at the back of your mind, it's probably there for a reason.
0: How has your relationship with God changed in the last couple of years, Nicole?
1: Life is hard, and I've Mm -hmm. had to learn that, especially as I'm being an adult and I'm paying rent and I'm having to apply for school and, you know, just adulting. It's hard, (laughs) and it gets more and more stressful, but I've learned to more and more lean on God and trust Him. And know that no matter what happens, no matter how hard it is, God's got another control. And I can rest knowing that the creator of the universe has my little life in his hands. You know the kid's song, Mm -hmm. he's got the whole wide world in his hands. Mm -hmm. That's true Mm -hmm. for your life too.
0: So I was reading this quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer and uh, was a pastor and um, activists during World War II. And he said, seek God, not happiness. This is the fundamental rule of all mediation. If you seek God alone, you will gain happiness. That is a promise. So, Nicole, what do you think about that sentiment? Do you think our culture has become too fixated on finding encouragement for its own sake rather than encouragement found in God?
1: Yes, I've totally been there. I've tried to find, and I still continue to do so, just because that's the society that we live in. We look for happiness in that really good cup of coffee in the morning, or that really cute guy or gal, gal. Wow. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, or trying to find it in a career, or in our education, or whatever we may be looking for it in the first place we usually go is not God. And that's, I think, the biggest and our first mistake is we need to go to God first. There's a verse in Psalm 143, 8, and it says, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I have put my trust in you. And what at least I interpret from that is the very first thing that we should do is put our trust in God, we enter his embrace of love. And with that comes joy, find God first and joy will come with that. And it's not joy of your situation. That doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden going to get into all the grad schools that you applied to, or that job that you really want, or that guy's going to come riding on a white horse and swoop you up and take you away (laughs) to his castle. It doesn't mean that everything's going to go right. It just means you're going to be able to dance in the rain.
0: Hmm. That's very good. All right, one final question. The Finding <laughs> Something Real podcast is about a journey towards redemption, eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those four gifts we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, seeking after him, which stands out to you the most in your life right now and why?
1: authenticity, I think to me, authenticity and love, but I'm going to stick with authenticity because that's something that I strive for is being real. Life, it's a mess and it's going (laughs) to be, but it's a fun mess and it's a beautiful mess. And it's something that we all get to be a part of together under Christ Hmm. and just being real about You know what? Today really sucked, (laughs) but that's okay because God is still good. And just being real with who you are and avoiding the comparison of social media, of your peers, of I could be this, but I'm not.
0: It's good. Um, I think too, like that verse that you were saying lifted you out. You know uh, that. His power is made perfect in our weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, that shine, that, that light shining through these broken jars of clay, you know, the brokenness that each one of us brings to the table, like that ministers to other people and it encourages other people. So, Nicole, thank you for being willing to share.
1: Can I share one more thing?
0: Yes, I want you to. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, this makes me really nervous because I wrote this when I was 15. Um, and this was when I was absolutely drowning. Um, I wrote a poem <laughs> mm. and I meant to send it to you. And I kept thinking, Oh, I need to send it to Janelle," And then I forgot. Um, <laughs> and it's called the girl in the mirror and it goes girl in the mirror, girl that I see the face that I look at. She isn't me. I try to be pretty and I try to look good, but with a bar set so high, do you think anyone could? The girl in the mirror, with smudges and cracks. How could anyone love her with all that she lacks? Dull, ugly eyes, uncontrollable hair. How could anyone love her? Is there someone out there? Girl in the mirror, with cracks and scars. How could you let it get this far? Clinging, clinging to anything that will give you a hug and pretend that they look at you with eyes full of love? Girl in the mirror, can't you see? It's the mirror. It's distorting your beauty. You're a princess, a gem, the rarest of its kind. You're the daughter of a king who's ruler of all time. You're his creation, a masterpiece. You're worth all eternity, at the least. Girl in the mirror. Hold your head high. Let your smile shine brighter than the sun in the sky. Wow.
0: Uh, You're a writer, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Nicole.
0: Thank you. Thank you for being willing to share your from that brokenness and mm-hmm. the imperfections because uh, I think a lot of people will, will understand where you're coming from. And um, if you are struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts, um, please reach out to a uh, professional. There's yes. um, resources out there and I'll go ahead and post. Um, I think there's a hotline, uh, suicide hotline. Nicole, do you know what it is off the top of your head?
1: I don't know what it is, but there's a calling hotline. There's also a texting hotline. If you're not comfortable with going and getting therapy in person, there are um, organizations that will allow you to work with therapists online over text. There are so many resources available. Please reach out. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. And if you um, have troubles finding any of those resources, you can uh, reach out to me on Instagram, uh, Janelle underscore M underscore Wood, and I'd be happy to uh, look up some resources for you. So um, until next time, friends. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, please hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real and having clarity through detours and distractions. Per usual, you can follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag finding something real. And of course, you can also sign up for the free clarity resources that go along with this current series by heading over to my website at JanelleWood.com. Remember, friend, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.